Hey, Merry Christmas, everybody. I just want to offer a quick word of thanks for the support that you've given Remnant TV over the past year. If you like what we're doing, please consider a, a little donation to help us out. We need all the help we can possibly get uh, to keep this thing going. And very important right now, please don't forget to follow me on Twitter so we can let you know when we post. God bless you all. Thank you. And again, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, everybody. The hippie revolution of Vatican II is on life support. Pope Francis turns 86 this week and finds himself involved in yet another massive sex abuse cover-up. As American cities go full-on zombie apocalypse and churches close by the hundreds, traditional Catholics from France to Italy to the United States are building back better, whether the Vatican likes it or not. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Michael Matt. This is the Remnant Underground. Nearly Christmas. Very excited here at Remnant TV. My favorite time of year, no question about it. Even the weather here in Minnesota, living up to expectations, of course. This was my morning walk just today. Now you'll notice, pretty cold, lots of white stuff, right? Exactly the same as when I was a child. No sign of climate change. Hashtag, I don't care about climate change. A quick shout out to our friends in Saint-Germain-en-Laye in France facing their second Midnight Mass now, locked out of their own church. If you read The Remnant, you will remember some of these photos in last year's Christmas when our friend Philippe told us that, quote, it's cold and rainy here in France, but there was a special atmosphere with all the candles and we felt very close to the original nativity scene singing Minuit Chrétien to welcome our Lord Jesus Christ. This Christmas, our friends in France will likely also be locked out of their church. However, they are meeting with the Bishop of Versailles to see if maybe something can be done to stop the insanity. They're really, they're really digging in, friends. You've got to pray for them. I mean, they're over there right now. They're over there in front of that locked church every single day, every single Sunday, even Christmas Eve. There's the video you'll see up on your screen now. What they did is they brought some journalists in last week to try to raise awareness of this just absolutely preposterous, insane persecution of French traditional Catholics is going on right now. So what, what, a, what a great example for all of us, for all, all, all of us over here in the States on how to handle Traditionis Custodis, a document, by the way, which our, our friend Father James Maudsley nailed recently at the CIC. The closure of churches is enough to show immediately this has all gone too far. Traditionis Custodis is the most evil document that has ever been produced in the name of the church. We got to do an end of the year show in which Father Maudsley's quote there is the quote of 2022, Traditionis Custodis is the most evil document. I just, just love that. So people are, are fighting back and we want to talk about that tonight. There's so many people, friends, not going to go along with it this time. We know the jig is up, folks all around the world. We're going to get into that, right? Right in this next issue of The Remnant, in fact. If you haven't subscribed, don't forget, subscribe to The Remnant newspaper. Uh, there's a story coming out in our next issue by Hillary White. And she's reporting on three now, three priests in Italy who've done basically the same thing as Father Maudsley's done. They're saying to their bishop, you know what? Not going to do it. We are not going to celebrate the new Mass. Not now, not ever, never again. 
And so far, we're watching the story carefully, but so far, they're getting away with it because there's so much local support because the church that they're at is thriving. Now, speaking of the remnant, before we get started, we have a new book, Hot Off the Press. Very proud of this. I'm not sure which camera to use. This is a book called Letters to a Protestant Friend, okay? It was written by my great-grandfather. I'm very, very proud of this book. And it's a new book, new book that was written in 1895, and it's available now for the first time in English. Great-grandfather Hugo was a, a journalist. He was a newspaper guy, but he was also, as, as I found out reading through this book for the first time, once we translated it, uh, he was basically a pioneer traditional Catholic, you know, and he died... 50 years before Vatican II. So all this nonsense that we think everything before Vatican II was perfect. This is, this is, this is ridiculous. Vatican II was the coming out party. And this book was written by a traditionalist. And you read it and you realize, of course it was. You know, this war has been going on for an awful long time. But this is a, this is a really uh, positive piece of work. And I know we have a, we've got a lot of Protestant viewers in this audience. You know, you know who you are. We love you guys. And I uh, always appreciate the discussions that we get in. But you're going to like this book as well. My Protestant friends, you're going to like this book as well, because great-grandfather Hugo was a Lutheran. He was a Lutheran journalist, writer, staff writer for a Lutheran daily newspaper. He was heavily involved in the, in the, uh, the Lutheran church, and he converted to the Catholic church, the Catholic faith, while he was on assignment to refute a major polemical study, work, three-volume three set, against Lutheranism, against Martin Luther. So it's a wild story. But this is a collection then of the letters my grandfather wrote to a very close friend of his, a Lutheran friend who was pretty upset that great-grandfather had converted to the whore of Babylon. You know, what about Mary worship? What about popery? What about statue worship? What about all these things? What about confession? It's not in the Bible. Purgatory, not in the Bible. It's all in here. His explanation for what a Lutheran, a Protestant did with those issues. This book is not an angry rant against Protestants, however. Great-grandfather Hugo grew up Protestant, his family was Protestant, and he's writing to a very close Protestant friend, which obviously makes for a pretty interesting and unique apologetic. I challenge you to get it, get it and read it. Tell me what you think. There's a link below if you want to purchase one of, a copy of this new book, whether, again, whether you're, you're Catholic or not. So, to tonight's show, I know we all get tired of the bad news. I get really sick of it. We try so hard here at Remnant TV to always provide positive, not just making positive things up, but giving you a positive take because we do have a positive outlook. If we didn't believe every morning when we get out of bed that we can do something about the demons, about the tyrants, about the globalists, about the wackos that are trying to wreck the world, if we didn't think we could do something about that to undermine them, we wouldn't bother doing this show. So we try to convey that, that we not only speak positively, but that in our hearts we are positive. Nevertheless, we have never seen anything like this. You've never seen anything like this, right? It is really weird right now. And I, I just think, you know, we need to face that on the one hand and then come up with come up with ways of making it through, come up with ways of fighting it on the other hand. It just keeps coming. Yeah. <laughs> Looking at this story, Joe the Catholic Biden celebrating gay marriage again last week. I don't know how many times we're going to be celebrating legalizing gay marriage, but there he is celebrating it again. And I do not think it's a mistake that he's a proud Catholic, supposedly, just degrading the Catholic Church by his antics, by his apostasy, by his position in the world. That's the point. And in order to celebrate 
the legalization of gay marriage again, years after it was legalized under Barack Obama. Joe the Catholic Biden brings in a drag queen, a pervert. Is pervert a word anymore? Has pervert had any definition in the modern lexicon? Sure, just no application, I guess. Can't imagine what it would be. Maybe a smoker? Now, I, I know everybody's been <laughs> showing pictures of this publicity hound, this retarded person. Oh, that's right, you can't use the word retarded. But the people are retarded. I'm not going to show you the clips. I'm sick of looking at it, but you get what's going on here. The White House is becoming... Nero's court, right? I don't. I don't know what, really, what could be much worse than this. He brings in, he brings in this guy who is a drag queen who is on Twitter over the past couple of years talking about enjoying his intercourse. I'll leave it at that with children, with kids. That's okay for Joe the Catholic Biden, and then Joe to sort of, you know, put the exclamation point on the day calls for laws that will be sexually mutilate, mutilating children in America. How does it get any worse than this? Because we're literally experimenting on children. Nothing about what's happening right now in this country <laughs> provides a particularly rosy outlook for anybody. I get it. But the thing is, friend, it's Christmas time and we gotta remember something. That the world into which Jesus Christ was born didn't have a particularly rosy outlook either, right? Dy dystopian more than utopian, that world was also dominated by globalists who wanted to reset the world in the image and likeness of a lunatic who also thought he was God. Does this sound familiar? That's what was going on 2,000 years ago. They were tracking the citizens. Remember, every citizen had to, be go, had to go get counted, the global census that was going on. There was an unwanted foreign occupation going on worldwide, known worldwide. True religion at that point was in the hands, well, of apostates, certainly, but also lunatics who'd clearly given up on the God of Abraham. You know, so yeah, it's, it's bad now, but put yourself back a couple thousand years. Imagine being a mom or a dad back then. You got a, a house full of kids and your psychotic king is trying to kill your two-year-old. In fact, the story, now everything we've gone through over the past couple of years especially, but the story of the first Christmas kind of reads like, you know, a story of an unvaccinated homeschool family that eventually had to flee the country to get away from the crazy people and the child killers and everything else. Here we go again. You know, we're trying to escape the decrees of madmen in Rome and in Davos. The legions are back. It's really dark. Maybe it's even the end of the world. But maybe it's not the end of the world. Because they thought it was the end of the world 2,000 years ago. Probably, but it wasn't. It was just the beginning of something absolutely out of this world. History changing is not a big enough expression for what was just around the corner when they were in that dark time. I don't think it's the end of the world right now either, friends. I think something wonderful is about to happen when more and more people begin to realize what they have to do. And they already are. I'm going to show, prove that in a moment. It's our job now. Get ready for Christmas. Don't give up. Don't despair. Don't decide it's the end of the world and your job is just to simply say your prayers and do nothing. There's a war to be fought. We've got to prepare for this great thing that's going to happen. Knowing the whole time that the, the, <laughs> the current situation, everybody loves his word, sustainable, right? The current situation is in no sense sustainable, right?
So we need to simply wait it out. It can't last much longer. They've declared war on babies. They've declared war on procreation. They have no future. But the children of light do have a future, friends. We need to survive. We need to hand the faith down to our kids, right? The faith has got to survive through us. And well, well, it's never been this bad. Hasn't it been this bad? Remember what they were doing at the time of the French Revolution? The slightest suspicion can send anyone to the scaffold. Politicians who say a kind word of the extinguished monarchy, anyone who uses the formal monsieur or madame instead of the new form of address, citoyen, citizen. Informers are everywhere. Neighbors denounce neighbors. They changed the, the, the actual calendar, right? So it didn't have anything to do with the birth of Christ. They had a new calendar. You know what I mean? Like, it's been really, really bad in, 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 in times past as well. Our time, we're not so special. It's not so different. I agree, it's a little bit different than anything I've ever heard of. But things have been really, really bad in the past. And we, we, again, we need to prepare to survive this thing so the faith can survive through us. You know, people, it's, it's, it's all over. The enemy knows they've won. They've absolutely, have they won? Have they won? Francis doesn't think so. Francis, the globalist pope in Rome, he doesn't think that they've won. He's trying to cancel us because he, <laughs> he thinks we're winning. Francis is right. <laughs> the future, not only of, of the church, but of the whole world, is traditional Christianity. It's orthodoxy. It's fidelity to God. That's the only future we have left, friends. There's nothing left. They're dismantling the world. They're taking every institution down because they hate Christ so much and they're so afraid that he's going to rise again, that those who follow him are going to continue to fight because we always have in the past. Well, people say, yeah, but, you know, look, look around you, man. Let's get realistic here. And then they not only have a, a new world order, but they got a one world religion and Francis is right up there promoting it. What are you talking about, man? They won. <laughs> it's out there. Some of these cockamamie theories about their one world religion and they're doing all this crazy stuff is so stupid for one thing. Doesn't necessarily need to be taken seriously. I saw this group the other day. They're part of a much larger group of people that are trying to go up to the top of mountains like Mount Sinai and have a, a Ten Commandments of Climate Change ceremony. Maybe you saw this. Ch check it out. Hallelujah. Welcome to the summit of Mount Sinai. I am David Miron Wapner, Chair of the Interface Center for Sustainable Development. We're here to kick off a global spiritual call to action on climate justice with being held at 10 different mountaintops around the world. The climate promises have not been kept worldwide, including in Israel. Whoa. I say this calls for action and now, nip it in the bud. <laughs> I don't mean to be mean, but there's nothing, there's nothing to say that we need to take any of that nonsense seriously. This really, really stupid stuff. Especially when what we've got going on is so awesome. And so the international clans of Catholic tradition began the last leg of the pilgrimage up the hill and into the city of Chartres. Still under lockdown just weeks ago, 
where the people were allowed to leave their homes only for one hour per day. The cathedral was locked, shops were closed, cafes went silent and dark, and terrible quiet desolation here as everywhere else in the world. But on Pentecost Monday, as if in answer to a prayer, the old Catholic normal returned to Chartres. Children lined the streets to greet the Happy Pilgrim Parade, which had survived COVID and overcome Traditionis Custodis. No wonder the bells of the old cathedral rang out the glad tidings. The pilgrims are back, all 20,000 of them, here to worship God at the Latin Mass of Christendom, as the people of Chartres had done for a thousand years. question for you. Which do you think is going to be around a hundred years from now? This or this? Kind of answers itself, doesn't it? One's a youth movement. The one's a bunch of old duffers climbing, <laughs> climbing mountains for no apparent reason that's intelligible. So again, we, we, we don't care about their one world religion because it's fake news. It can never happen, right? You know that. We don't care about their Ten Commandments on Mount Sinai. You know, guys, give us a call when the shuttle lands, because we don't care. And we've got work to do. And this is something maybe I can, well, we've all seen this, but people who are prepping, people are preparing for a lot of things right now. People are prepping to survive. People are prepping to survive spiritually as well. And you know what's going on? And this is happening a lot, because I get the stories all the time. We put them in the, in the remnant newspaper, a lot. People rebuilding, restoring churches even, because for some reason everybody has this sense that in the not too distant future, these places are gonna be needed. Meet Bill Price, an electrician by trade and a former Marine, some might call him a Renaissance man. He bought the dilapidated property in 2019 for $25,000 after the diocese abandoned it in the 1980s and then later sold it to a group of Protestants. For the last 28 months, he's been essentially single-handedly restoring St. Charles to its former glory. On Sunday, July 11th, approximately 300 Catholics from all across the state, including some who lived in the area and who attended the church before, assisted at a beautiful high mass with five choirs offered by the traditional society of St. Pius X. Price explains that he approached the diocese initially, but turned to the SSPX after they weren't interested. God, God bless this guy, Bill Price, you know? I know this guy, I communicate with him by email. God bless him. And he's not alone. There's so many people like that. Here, here's another example. A couple of people I met recently, I was giving a talk down in Platteville, Wisconsin, and I met a gentleman named Matthew Gabbard and his son, his wife, beautiful family, huge family. Now, what these guys are doing is they're preserving the, the future of the, of the church down in the state south of us, in Iowa.
this is happening all around us while the Novus Ordo churches are closing by the hundreds. Catholic parishes in the Archdiocese of Chicago are dramatically fewer. The reduction is part of a restructuring process which began four years ago called Renew My Church. Taking into account recent updates, the Archdiocese will have closed more than 120 parishes and decommissioned nearly 60 churches since 2018. Doesn't matter. Most people just lost. The churches are all being shut down, turned into pizza parlors, turned into mosques, whatever, you know. Because the faith is, is, is lost 25, I'm 50 years after Vatican II, whatever it's been. The faith is lost. The traditionalists, in other words, were, were right. You take the mass out of there, you, 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 you Protestantize and desecrate the liturgy. Pretty soon the buildings aren't needed anymore because there's nobody that believes. So that's what's happening in the Novus Ordo, the new church, mainstream church. <laughs> While traditional Catholics with huge families are out consecrating... For example, the state of Idaho to Christ the King, just last week. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Father, the Son, Holy Ghost, Amen. I, Father Vicente Griego, rector of the Immaculate Conception Parish, in the presence of all the heavenly court, consecrate thee to our parish, our city of Post Falls, our county of Kootenay, and our state of Idaho, and present it to thy dear Son, that through his mercy our parish, our schools, our city, county, and state may recognize and promote his social kingship both here and throughout the world. Well, you think that's going to go away? You think that's not going to have ramifications for decades, if not centuries, to come? Think there's no reason to say Merry Christmas? Think it's all over? It's not over. It's not over. I remember the way it was. I've talked about this before. I don't mean to sound like old man Mo, but I remember clearly the way things used to be back in the early 70s, mid-70s, even 80s. And there was nothing like that going on. There was nothing like this restoration going on. I talked to people every day who two years ago were losing the faith or they were in the Novus Ordo. They had nothing, no concept of tradition and then they shut down the churches and they found out about traditionalism and they found out about the Latin mass and these places are packed out. Again, that's why Francis is freaking out. So I remember the way it was. It didn't look like this at all. This is something different. And again, Francis is right. <laughs> we are reclaiming Catholic ground all around the world right now. When I discerned my vocation, there were two factors that in reality made me decide to go with the Fraternity of San Pedro. Primero que nada, la liturgia tradicional, la cual estaba descubriendo en esos momentos, yo era nuevo. Y lo segundo fue la formación. Me llamó mucho la atención el tipo de formación que llevaba la Fraternidad Sacerdotal de San Pedro, cuasi monástica. Quiero saber por qué de mi fe y entenderla más, uh, más plenamente y, y cómo desarrollar mejor, llevar a cabo el sacerdocio. Y es lo que quería. Quería algo sólido, una formación sólida para ser un sacerdote Solido y un sacerdote santo al fin de cuentas. Just, just, just this morning, my youngest son, he's one of these homeschool co-op things, they had a Christmas pageant this morning. You know, we, had, we had a blizzard, so only half the kids could get there for the show. And yet, this is what it looked like. Now that's nothing special. That's one that's run by the fraternity of St. Peter and the, the nuns here. We got, what, four or five nuns now in this parish. That's happening all over the country. It's happening all over the world. Christmas pageants like that. 
You see all those kids? And it's not just rock-solid, traditional, Latin mass-going people. People in the middle, so-called the former neo-Catholics, um, more of a conservative, not necessarily Latin mass type of Catholic, they're, 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 they're seeing it too. They're all coming in the, in the direction of tradition uh, and orthodoxy and sound doctrine, right? I visited Christendom College, which is my alma mater out in Virginia just a couple weeks ago. Uh, and they're, they're, they're building a church. We'll throw some of the images of that up on the screen because it was like a punch to the chest to see this magnificent structure just rising up out of, out of the earth at uh, the Shenandoah Valley. They're absolutely incredible. And you can see the traditional high altar is there, the traditional stained glass windows. There's a massive pipe organ being assembled. I mean, that's Christendom College, friends. I don't care about Notre Dame. They all apostatize, they're gone now. What we're looking at right now at Christendom and some of these schools, this is the future of Catholic higher education in America. Christendom is hugely supportive of homeschooling. And again, it's not the only one. There are a bunch of colleges now, universities out there like that. University of Franciscan, Ave Maria, TAC, lots of them are coming. And, and, and that, friends, that's the future. The revolution has clearly and obviously failed. That's where the future is. And guess what? Francis turns 86 years old this week. His ideas are as old as his body. He's completely now out of touch. The Vatican is awash in scandals, fresh scandals, just this week. Again, involving sexual cover-ups. A well-known Jesuit priest close to the Holy Father has had his ministry restricted following an investigation. Father Rupnik was the creator of the official image of the 2022 World Meeting of Families. He has been barred from exercising the sacrament of confession, spiritual direction, and accompanying spiritual exercises. During the investigation, Father Rupnik was also forbidden to engage in public activities without the permission of his local superior. And we know that uh, Father Rupnik is a friend of Pope Francis. Um, what has been the reaction? And there they are now, desperately shutting down all these little kids and all these Catholic families, young priests, young nuns, huge communities, shutting them down, the Latin mass communities. Well, this is going on. You know, you know what, you know what traditionis custodis really is? You know what it means? It means that Vatican II failed to seduce us into compliance. It means it failed. Every serious Catholic today knows where that revolution was heading right from the start. The whole point, take the mystical body of Christ out. Take Christ out of the situation. Silence Christ the King. Remember, Vatican II does not even mention the social kingship of Jesus Christ. Cancel Christ the King. Cancel the sacrifice of the altar which is one of the ways you keep demons at bay through sacrifice owed to God. Well, they turn the sacrifice into a meal. Remove Christianity's influence, not only from the lives of the people, but from the lives of the state, from the lives of, from, from geopolitics, period. And the results, friends, the results of having done that, silenced the church, taken the church out, the results are all around us. <laughs> a world at constant war, weapons of war, artificial intelligent weaponry that no one had ever even thought of before. Like it seems like it comes right out of hell, this information, doesn't it?
to say nothing of, of, of a global graveyard of millions and millions and millions of aborted babies, to say nothing of broken, shattered families, whole generations of suicidal children, children, children. Are you aware of somewhere in history where the kids all started killing themselves like they are now? Global lockdowns. We just got through with one. Well, they want, they're going to meet in Davos next month to try to see if they can come up with another one. Do, 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 do you like the world? The world that has Christ banished from it? Is, are you, are you enjoy, is anyone enjoying it? Does anyone like this? Does anyone want this? Cities turning into absolute apocalyptic dystopian hellholes. <laughs> Philadelphia. Here, let's, let's do a little juxtaposition side by side. Here is the, the, the city of Philadelphia, brotherly love, formerly a very Catholic town. Here's Philly in 1950. Now, 50 years after the close of the Second Vatican Council, here's Philadelphia today. Looks like something out of like a zombie apocalypse movie going on in Philadelphia and in a lot of other cities in this country. And Pope Francis says climate change is the biggest threat we face. Climate change. Friends, as we get we head into this, this new year now, let's just drop all the old all the old differences of opinion, the intramural squabbling, whatever it is, let's unite the clans and let's get the message out. What's painfully obvious to everyone now is the Catholic Church shuts down, is dismantled, taken apart, and disassembled. The pioneer traditional Catholics were right. Everybody knows it now. 
everybody can see it if you're awake, if you haven't already left the church, which millions have. If you're trying to be a faithful Catholic, you can see it. They made war on our church, didn't they? It is Christ or chaos. We have absolute clarity on that right now. So that's the good news. There's no turning back. Turn, turn back to what? You know? There's no turning back from the, at this point. We just got to push forward. And if we want to survive this thing, if we want to be an instrument of the preservation of the faith, if you want them someday to tell our story, just like we tell the stories of the Cristeros and the Vandeans and the English martyrs and everybody else, someday they're going to tell our stories. All we got to do, we don't have to be heroes. We just have to do the thing that we were put on this earth to do in the first place, and that's keep the faith. We need to keep the faith. And we need to let them see you keeping the faith. Let everybody in your life, everybody see you keeping the faith. The example of one person who's keeping the faith and isn't afraid to stand up and say, I believe, is amazing. We saw this, 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 everybody's seen this, this coach from this the, uh, NBA, basketball coach, mentions Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, and it just went viral all over the world. Um, a non-basketball question. Did you get a chance to meet with the royal family? And if not, how was it like having them there in the building? Jesus, Mary, and Joseph? <laughs> the prince and princess of Wales. Oh, no, I did not. I'm only familiar with one royal family. I don't know too much about that one. Thank you. Thank you. Everybody was talking about that you know, a week or so ago. So that's so what we need to do. We need, we need to just be outspokenly Christian. It's the only way to do it. Outspokenly Catholic, proud of what and who we are. Let the world know, no matter what happens, no matter what comes next, we're Christians. <laughs> and the Christians, by the way, who went through times similar to ours, that's what they did. That's why they're heroes. That's why we're still telling their story. Just before God saved the world, you had these heroes, these Christians, you know, <laughs> letting everybody know what the score was. I'm talking about whether you're, 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 you're little Christians, little Agnes or, 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 or Cecilia in the Colosseum in Rome, pagan Rome, as the, as, the, as the lions are tearing them up, they're singing songs of praise to God, right? Smiles on their faces. Or maybe the 16 uh, Carmelites, you know, singing Veni Creator Spiritus during the French Revolution. Each one lined up at the guillotine, each voice being silenced, one execution at a time until there was one voice left and she kept singing until they took her head to. That's why the faith came back in France, because of the example of martyrs like that. That's why it came back in Mexico, because Father Michael Pro stands there with his arms in a cruciform, shouting Viva Cristo Rey as bullets tore open his chest and everybody said, I want to be that. <laughs> I want to do that. I want to follow that. I want to believe like that. And we have the opportunity, friends, not to do something that heroic, but to do something in the general direction of that. I hope it doesn't come to that. But the point is the martyrs always found a way, at the very last second, to signal to those who were left behind, guys, the revolution failed. I still believe they didn't get me. You see? So what's our game plan as this Christmas comes and the New Year's dawns and it's got a lot of uncertainty? What's our game plan. It's real simple. Keep the faith and thank God every day for the honor of being alive right now and for having been able to, kept, to keep your senses, keep your soul, keep your mind when so many millions have not. 
Our game plan is to get down on our knees this Christmas in front of the crash and say out loud, the revolution failed. We're still here. We believe. And there's nothing on this earth that can make us stop believing. They failed.